Hello and welcome to Under the Gun, the pop culture podcast that doesn't waste your time. My name is Cal and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Daniel. Hello. Today we will be talking about a semi-modern cult classic, a tale of adventure on the high seas that sunk like a stone, only to be raised from the depths by fans. Today we will be discussing The Life Aquatic. How you doing, Daniel? Very good intro. Oh, you're too kind. Okay. Are you ready, Daniel? I'm ready. Why didn't it work at the time? Well, I think one of the main reasons to consider why this didn't work at the time is if you look at Wes Anderson's filmography up until this point and see just how different the life aquatic was from his output up until this point you know before this we had rushmore bottle rocket royal tenenbaum those were i'd say while they definitely i mean especially the royal tenenbaums have some dark or more real elements to it a lot of them for the most part were fairly fantastical whimsical journeys of fantasy and this one while definitely that and often surreal it feels more grounded in its themes and characters and their much more real struggles than it is in a lot of the other movies. And I feel like a lot of people just weren't ready for that. They weren't expecting that from him. I completely agree with that. Despite being one of his weirdest and most off the wall, it also has one of the sadder stories, some of the more real struggles in his movies. Another thing that I think with this is so many of Wes Anderson movies, I like how they're described as if they're Rube Goldberg machines, where one piece delightfully makes another thing go and everything is very intricately put together. So even though they have this kind of this very loose feel to them, they're also really tightly scripted. Definitely. They just flow really nicely. And this movie here is very freewheeling. Also... It really stretches the definition of likable characters. Yes, I would be with you there. I think that's one of the main things, which I think turned off a lot of people, at least from a first Steve watch. Zizu yeah, Steve's just kind asshole. of... Yeah, he just kind of sucks for almost all of the movie. Although that said, I always want to see what he's doing next. Oh, for sure. And you do root for him. I think it is, again, like we mentioned in our Blade Runner episode, some of the things which made it not succeed at the time, I think are also some of its greatest strengths looking back at it now. Daniel, moving on, why is it a cult classic? Well, I think once again, a lot of the reasons it didn't succeed at the time are the reason it's become a cult classic now, especially with the... Wes Anderson's work since The Life Aquatic going much more back to the original, much more light and whimsical stories. This one sort of sticks out as a black sheep in his filmography. And I think a lot of people really like it for that. It's the underdog, you know, it's the one that a lot of people didn't like when it came out. But now as people are giving it a second chance, they realize there's still a lot there and there's still a lot to like. I would also like to say that it is deeply emotional. Once you get into the way that it presents emotion, there's a lot there. Yeah. It does it in a weird way that's not necessarily what you might expect. And but, definitely not traditional. But once, if you come to like it, there's a lot there. For sure. I think you might disagree with me if you're saying this here, but I think the argument against Wes Anderson that it's more style over substance, I think there is some truth to that in a lot of his movies. And I feel like 
this one definitely for me feels like that the least you know i feel like a lot of other movies explore themes and ideas that we have seen done by a lot of different people you know themes of family found family of true love and about friendship And this one explores a lot of different things, you know, it explores trying to find meaning, what it means to be past your prime if you're too far gone for redemption, and also explores death and grieving in a lot more detail than he has in his other movies. And I feel like for me, that's what really brings me back to it. It feels like there's a lot more going on under the surface than maybe in some of his other movies. Couldn't agree more. I would also like to add that Steve's image-obsessed life is even more relevant in the social media age than it was in 2004. The way that Steve is playing even his most personal relationships for the camera yeah, is something that I think a lot of people can relate to. You mind if I call you dad in this shot? Hmm. Good idea, but I'm, the I think impulse is the good. impulse is good. But Dad, it's it's too specific. Specific, yeah. How about we try Steve Z? Steve Z. Yeah, the, the kind of quiet tragedy in that scene yeah, for sure is really something. Yeah, and I think overall, one of the other reasons is that Steve is one of his most interesting characters, with just how flawed he is, but also how much more human he seems because of it. I feel like a lot of us can at least in some way see parts of ourselves in Steve. In Steve, yeah. It's also very funny, too, in a way that he has written so many great roles for Bill Murray, a guy who, before working with Wes Anderson, was a washed-up asshole who had kind of (laughs) destroyed everything good that had happened to him. So, yeah, kind of funny. Anyway, Daniel, let's go on. Favorite technical aspects. Go. I'd personally mention the cinematography in this one. I think while it definitely has a lot of Wes Anderson's traditional touches on it with the center punch framing and with the very pastel colors and the very distinct color palette for the movie, the color palette, while definitely distinct, feels a bit more subdued than his others. It feels a bit closer to something you might actually see. And I also feel like while the cinematography definitely has his traditional style, it also has more handheld shots and more subjective camera work than a lot of his. It feels less locked off. It feels a bit more alive. I agree with that. I would like to add the stop motion animation. Oh, 100%. Fantastic stuff. It's a, so a really inspired decision. Definitely. It's so joyful in a movie that's about your life falling apart it's just so beautiful and so whimsical and so funny and just it plays such a great contrast to what's going on between the characters i think the scene that best shows that is when this beautiful stop motion lizard crawls on steve's hand only for him to flick it off it's very (laughs) funny and the jaguar shark at the end is just spectacular oh a truly fantastic ending but yeah i couldn't agree with you more the almost comical contrast between the content of the film and the stop-motion style they went for for all of the special effects. It would be such a different movie if they had all real sea creatures and fish for all of those scenes, but I think it's so improved because it creates that fantastic atmosphere, you know, of when explorers were still a thing and when the world still seemed so full of wonder. Like with the original Jacques Cousteau documentary this is based off, it was the first time a lot of people had seen the sea portrayed that way you know there's so much more wonder about the natural world and i feel that does such a good job of capturing that idea and making it seem just as wondrous as it used to seem to the people who their job was just to explore and find new things wow 
I also really like the soundtrack. Mm, definitely. I feel the soundtrack is a perfect encapsulation of this movie and its style. Exactly. I think licensed music doesn't always work. A lot of care has to be put into it to not just make things seem like it's a music video. And I think this one does a really good job of finding music that really works for it. And I think the reinterpretations of David Bowie's songs by Sue Jor- George is just great. Just wonderfully frames the movie. And I also briefly wanted to mention, I think it's one of the highlight performances from Owen Wilson that I've ever seen. You know, I think having the fact that Wes Anderson grew up with the Wilsons, he really knows them a lot more than other people do. And he manages to pull out these really interesting performances that are so different and so unique in each one of his movies from him. And I really like this one because as an actor known for his larger than life character on the screen, getting to play this very sort of soft-spoken, very humble, somewhat meek guy, I think is is really interesting, but that he can also carry so much emotion from it. And I think for sure he's probably the most likable character in the movie. Definitely. If you could change something about it, Daniel, what would you change? I think it's one of those things where while there's definitely a lot of flaws I could mention with it, I personally don't think I'd really change any of them because I feel they are so much the movie's character. I think if you tried to, on paper, improve any of them, in reality, you'd probably end up making it a worse movie. Though I do think some of the dialogue and certain uh, word choices by the main (laughs) character might not have aged too well. Yeah, I completely agree. It's amazing some of the words that Steve uses. It's amazing that it flew in the early 2000s. Although I do think that it's done in a way where you're not supposed to revel in the politically incorrect language. It's more just showing how much of an asshole Steve is. It's not like... It's not done in a hateful manner. No, no. But I still think, you know, it probably at least from our current sensibilities could do without it. Yeah, for for me, it's not essential to the story that the movie is telling. No. Even though it can be pretty funny. There are some times where it is kind of funny. I totally agree. This is a movie. 50 wrongs make a right, make one (laughs) really big right. So many meandering plot points, dropped character arcs, just baffling choices but it really wouldn't work without it wouldn't work without it it wouldn't work without it the main plot line of actually killing the jaguar shark is about two minutes at the beginning and two minutes at the end what scientific purpose would there be to killing it well revenge (laughs) (laughs) great line but again i don't really think i'd change anything about it this is a movie where it's so confusing sometimes and then other times it's more direct than just about any other movie I've watched. Cool. Daniel, moving on to the last segment of our show. Is it a cult classic for you? I would say 100%. I honestly think it's, for me, creeping up there in my ranking of what's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I think for all the reasons we've been talking about, for all of its idiosyncrasies and all of its just weird choices and strange tone, it just somehow works combining that with its more serious themes and with its more complex ideas. I feel like it really just taps into something that I haven't seen in a lot of other of Wes Anderson's movies. And I feel it's really special for that. And I love the atmosphere it has. This very surreal feeling it brings throughout. And as I mentioned, I personally, I've always been fascinated by explorers. I think it's so cool. So I love the idea of the the gentleman explorer. I mean, not very gentlemanly in this sense, but just that era and that idea. It's (laughs) fascinating to me. I love it. 
Yeah, this movie is definitely a cult classic for me. I find it baffling and I find it mystifying at some point. Sometimes it just confuses the hell out of me, but I love it. I find I can keep coming back to it, finding new depth in the characters and the story. And it's just funny and weird. I'm just glad that it exists. All of its weirdness, it just, it works for me and I love it. Yeah, gotta say, humor, big highlight. Definitely one of Wes Anderson's funnier movies in a very weird way. It, it definitely. I also think that just being on the journey with Steve and his team is really fun. I find that I love the travel aspect of it. I find going along on this journey and seeing the sights is another reason that I enjoy it so much. For sure. And I think also by having it be so odd i feel like as i've heard other people say you can draw a lot of different meanings from it so i feel like it can be something that you know there's really just a lot there a lot to pull from it a lot to appreciate and a lot to come back to i think it's a truly great movie and definitely one of wes anderson's best outputs i couldn't agree more 